So I'm reading this book right now called American Nomads by Richard Grant. Came out in, I want to say the early 2000s, uh, but I just came across it at a used bookstore. It's a fantastic book. It essentially covers a whole bunch of different aspects of... Willow, what are you doing? A whole bunch of different aspects of nomadism in America from the different tribes and how they changed and developed over the centuries to different waves of Europeans coming through and how they assimilated uh, many of the things that were going on and many of the feelings and sort of leading to present day all, all interwoven. At any rate, I'm reading this fantastic chapter right now about Joe Walker, who was a mountain man in the 1820s and 30s, who, whose expedition um, pioneered the trail that came to be used by settlers that went from uh, the Great Plains over to California. And one of the things that Grant says about Walker is that, and honestly about, about many of these nomads that he writes about and meets, um, is that the thing that they valued was control of their time, control of their lives. And that uh, this honestly echoes a great interview that I just heard with Kevin Kelly, who is the founding editor of Wired Magazine and did a million other things as well. Started the Long Now Foundation. And uh, he was just interviewed on one of my favorite podcasts, Modern Wisdom, as is this book out called Excellent Advice for Living. It's just a group of aphorisms that he's written over the years as advice for his kids and others. And, and started with advice for himself. And this is a guy who's tremendously successful, has, I think, earned quite a bit of money in his life. And one of the things he was saying was that he, he would be at a conference with billionaires. It's billionaires with a B. And he realized that he was more free than they were. Because they, even though they had all this money, they didn't have control of their time in the same way that he did. And <clears throat> oh, there's an explosion of slugs right now. It's really gross. I hope we get some hot, dry weather to knock back their population a bit before they take over the garden. <clears throat> At any rate, uh, His point was, Kevin Kelly's point was, is that there is a freedom that comes from control of your time that is one aspect of true wealth. And that you could be wealthy in money but not have control of your time. Even if, in theory, you could uh, dictate what your time was, if you were constantly trying to coordinate with a whole team of executive assistants, etc., and there were demands on your time that 
you couldn't bow out of, then you didn't have control of your time. And this is part of what nomads throughout history have valued, is the sense of freedom. And I think we often think of it as freedom to move, which it is in the form of nomads, but also really importantly was the freedom to do what they wanted. Now, this really resonates with me because one of the things that I think is a real luxury in my life is the ability to decide on any given day exactly what I want to do and do that. And I fought really hard to get to a place in my life where that is the case. And I don't have anyone telling me what to do. That doesn't mean that there aren't things that I need to accomplish in any given day. It just means that I chose them. And that if I, if I wanted to choose something else, I could choose something else. <clears throat> and, I mean, honestly, we all have this choice, right? Just because your boss tells you you have to do something doesn't mean you have to do it. Or else, even a slave could decide to... Uh, at, that this is the, the moment that they're going to revolt, right? We all have the ability to say no. I'm not doing that with my time. It's just to varying degrees, we are, we accept the bounds of, well, the bind of someone telling us what to do, right? And sometimes it's voluntary, sometimes it's involuntary. Um, and we are either accept that bind or are coerced into it. But we all have the ultimate decision that we could make a different choice. And throughout history, you see people who do make that other choice. The trick is, most of the time, the price to be paid for making that different choice, for telling your boss, you know what, I'm not going to do that, for trying to escape from slavery, for uh, um, well, for insubordination in the military, for instance, oftentimes the price for that has been incredibly high or it's been a tremendous risk to take because you then had to try to flee or maybe the fleeing was the 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 decision but there's always a choice and so it's worth recognizing that if there's always a choice then there's always um when you are doing something you have to some extent or another chosen to do it. So uh, there's a lot to be gained from accepting what needs to happen now in the moment and doing it to the best of your ability. Even the nomads who, you know, let's look at these mountain men, for instance, they chose to head out on an expedition. They chose to head out for a, a trapping season. And then on any given day, they might have a lot of freedom as to what they could do, but they also maybe were obligated to do various things just to survive, right? So as a, as a mountain man, as a, as a fur trapper, uh, some days you're making those decisions of let's go here, let's go there, and other days you're like, if I don't do this, I will die, right? I've got to keep going. You might want to not keep going, and that would be the choice that you would make if you could, but you know that that is not a choice that you get to have unless you are willing to die. And 
you know, reading about this group of mountain men who traveled down the spine of the Sierra Nevadas trying to find a way down until they hit Yosemite and get, get down to lower latitudes, uh, or lower elevation, lower altitude, is a story of people who were stuck in a bind, right? They, they had to do what they had to do. And for all their freedom of how do you want to spend your day, well, this day you're going to spend starving and lowering your horses down cliff sides on ropes so that you don't lose them, but you can get down to that ledge down there. That's your day. And so I think this presents us with sort of the, this obvious, well, this obvious truth, but that is also, it's like so obvious that it's, it's sometimes hard to see that whatever your level of self-determination for the uh, the path of the right now that you have, what are you going to do right now? We're all going to be stuck to varying levels with stuff that we just have to deal with, right? It might be lowering your horse down a cliffside, or it might be an illness that you're just, you're stuck with, right? You got to deal with it might be some other crisis and we each of us in those moments have no choice uh well we have the choice to to lean out or lean in to those moments and to some extent you know the the choice we have is to simply do the best we can in the circumstances. And at the same time, to keep an eye on the bigger picture. One of the ways that mountain men found themselves trapped is they would drink and gamble all their money away and then be in, in uh, indentured, not indentured, it's not the right word, but they, they would be then financed for their next year by the, the fur companies who would give them an advance on food and traps and gear that they needed to go out for the year and so they found themselves always behind the ball in this vicious cycle of being in debt so if they felt sort of like they were in a hole couldn't get out of the hole might as well enjoy the last bit of your, you know, might as well get some pleasure and drink yourself blind drunk uh, at this rendezvous because, you know, what the hell, you're gonna have to go out for another year anyways. And I mean, the attrition rate on these, the, the death rate on these mountain men was pretty horrendous. <laughs> there was a, uh, <clears throat> These rendezvous that were held on the Great Plains, I'm not exactly sure where, somewhere, maybe in Colorado, the Colorado Plains, somewhere like that. They, uh, they attracted at their peak something like 350 mountain men and around 500 Native Americans. Uh, and I read in this book that it was a, it was a mark of pride 
that you have the right sort of devil-may-care attitude to drink yourself blind drunk and pass out and sleep wherever you happen to fall. And that this was no small thing because there were rabid wolves prowling around these the rendezvous, these campsites at night. And in fact, in 1933, 12, I mean, who knows, in other years, but in this one example in 1933, 12 people were bitten by rabid wolves and died from rabies during the rendezvous alone. <laughs> Which just blows my mind as like such an example of the, the danger that people were exposed to, and also the, when exposed to danger, the, the risks that they're willing to take. I digress, though, because my point is that some mountain men found themselves in this vicious cycle of owing money to the company and then continuing their bad habits because they thought, what the hell, there's no point in trying to be better. Well, Joe Walker and a handful of others managed to rise above it by for instance, drinking moderately, not gambling away their money. And they ended up being able to raise brigades of fur trappers that traveled and worked with them and for them. And, and they essentially made themselves into chieftains through this. And so um, I think a lot of times, even when you feel like you have no choice in the matter. You have personal choice in how you live your everyday life and making different choices about how you live your everyday life will have effects on all the things that you feel like you don't have a choice about because they actually are affected by the choices that you are making. And it's tempting to say, you know, screw it. Somebody's telling me what to do all the other times of day. I'm going to do what I want. But it's exactly that attitude that gets you in a trap. And to get out of that trap, to get to a place where you do have the freedom of the, of the mountain man who's also a, a chieftain. This is my phrase, not... This is Grant's phrase, not mine. That he, you know, he traveled with a band of 40 other trappers and 150 Indians uh, who were all attached to him and basically saw him as their chieftain. And they were a traveling tribe. And to, to have that level of success required a different attitude. And it's unclear to me why Joe Walker had a different attitude than other people but it does seem clear that his actions led to a different outcome. And I think that's the thing that I find myself thinking on is, do my actions line up with me having more freedom, more autonomy, uh, fewer binds on my life? And those actions might require a great deal of self-discipline. That's the key is you either well, let me see if I can phrase this. I've never phrased this before, but it seems to me like you either master yourself or you find yourself mastered by other circumstances. Like, if you are not 
in control of yourself. If you give yourself a pass on your actions and behavior at times when other people, when you don't feel, when you feel out from under the thumb of other people, then you are more likely to remain under other people's thumb because you won't have the self-discipline to take control of your life and make those choices for yourself. And that's not a statement that, you know, you shouldn't be able to do that if you can't control yourself. It's just a, it just seems like a, like a fact of the universe. It's not, not, it's not about the universe saying, you know, oh, these people don't deserve it. It's just, it's like the outcome of, of that pattern. It just is in so many myriad ways. And so I think that self-discipline is, is the, the foundation of having that level of freedom. Thank you for listening. I highly recommend this book, American Nomads by Richard Grant. Go check it out. Talk tomorrow.